and welcome to oh, good morning good afternoon good evening and welcome to episode nine of the rvmy uk podcast um guess who's back back again i've had a bit of a layoff i've been been away for a little bit sorted a few bits out but uh, i'm really really pleased to be back with uh with, with my favorite people talking about my favorite football club uh i am joined today uh initially by luke hume but then we are going to be joined a bit later on by uh co-founder Ro- uh, ronnie piper luke you good yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm I'm just very pleased to be talking about New York Red Bulls again. I'm very glad. Mystery. All right, should we, oh, run, that, should we run that intro then? Should we run that intro? Let's roll the intro. Welcome to the RBNY UK podcast. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Scott? Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Like I said, it's just good uh, Good to be talking to you boys again. Oh, no, definitely good. It's nice to see a new, fresh-looking design as well. Your boys have done well. It's, it's very nice, isn't it? I can take absolutely no credit for this. You chaps have done a cracking, cracking job. Superb. I'm a big, big fan. So, first of all, we need the tissues, I think, because uh, let's, let's, let's just address the elephant in the room. What football and, didn't come home? Yeah, well, that's enough about English football. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I've got to say, the boys done us proud this year, the English yeah, national definitely. team, especially after the very tricky 18 months we've had, brought a nation together up until kickoff, near enough, when some people yeah, sure. i would use another word when i'm not live on air um decided to try and smash into Wembley, but on the actual pitch itself brilliant it was a very fun four weeks of football yeah definitely like, who's expected uh, to, to the you... final go on, go on, who expected us to get in the final when we started the tournament no one like you don't like who people thought people thought we lose Germany, then we'll use Ukraine, then we'll Denmark we we'll beat you. Like so to, to get to the final, we broke the final hoodoo. And Italy, Italy haven't lost in thirty four games. Hmm. They're, they're not some sort of pony team, they're a good team. But they took them all the way to penalties. And let's be honest, penalties is poor luck. Like and he's just quite unlucky. No, I, I must say I have I have absolutely revelled in these last few weeks. I have loved being back down the pub for every game or being at a barbecue for every game and seeing my mates and having a drink and a laugh and really, really enjoying the football again. Uh, and, and the lads have done us really proud. Um, yeah. You know, especially, you know, I, I know we'll talk about that in a bit more detail a bit later on, especially the, the three chaps that missed that penalty. Um, oh. I think, no, you know... Yeah. We've got, yeah, got very young lads. And that's something we need to talk about, I think. So, first of all, we've got a little video for you to watch.
hate will never win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's for anyone who's um, listening on any of our audio platforms. The video we just played is available over on our Twitter page. It'll be our pinned tweet as you see this. But it's it, uh, I, I know we've addressed this issue before of when there was the social media silence and everyone, all major accounts, and then us as well. We went quiet, but it's just sick. It's horrid that three. Three young lads have stepped up to take a penalty in the Euros final. And especially Bukayo Saka, who missed the last one, 19 years old. Just to step up for a penalty for your country deserves the full respect of a nation. Yeah. But you have some fools who decide to racially abuse players on a, like, on social media. And it's just a shame, to, like, an absolute shame. And it's disgusting, really, that this is still a thing in modern society and yeah. how these social media, like especially your Twitters, it's so open. You can create hundreds and thousands of accounts if you want. And there seems, okay, I do give the credit to, like especially the police now, that there are now things out there to, in place that they will find these culprits. But I, just, I do apologise to the players and anyone because it's no one deserves to be abused, no matter what colour you are, what if, like where you're from, what gender you are but it's just low lives and i think boys you'd agree with me and yeah agree like that i think what's even obviously you, you should never ever be racist what's even more sad i think people being racist in for lots of game of football i mean end of the day yes we all want we all want England to win we all want our team to win but it's a game of football at the end of the day it's not going to change your life if they win like there's far bigger things in the world to worry about marcus rapture saw Thousands of thousands of kids who were going to go hungry had school dinners. Like he's a, he's an excellent role model to millions of people across the world, and people are being abusive to him over he missed a penalty kick. Like it staggers the mind. No, no, I think the worst thing is it's if he scores that penalty, he's lauded a hero. People are, are so. So fickle oh. and so disgusting oh. in, in in their in their views and their ordeals that all it would have taken is that ball to go into the net and uh, and, and all of this wouldn't be happening because that's that's the kind of people that we're uh, we're dealing with here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I had a very I, I did, but I saw a very interesting chat on the Facebook group about Renee, and obviously you got all these conspiracy theories about Renee and how. How you build a football stadium, but I would hope anyone who builds a football stadium will be very quickly thrown out. I don't think anyone, anyone who boo a niche shouldn't be in a football stadium immediately. Like, if you've got a problem with people taking the knee, you're probably, you're probably part of the issue. 100%. Well, like, when we look at Wembley Stadium, for example, and obviously there's such a small percentage who are booing, but were they booing Sterling when he scores? No, they won't be booing him then. So it they contradict themselves because the, so I would say, personally, I would say Raheem Sterling is one of England's best performers over the oh, years. Oh, yeah. But they, they when, he, when he scored against Germany, who was booing him then? No, no one. It's just fickle. It's fickle and it's disgusting because especially these are idols to many people in the country, not just of a certain colour or anything, of any walk of life. What Rashford has done for... 
like kids up and down the country. Sterling is a role model for what he's represented for England and was the highest appearance maker for like most cap holder for England at the Euros. Grew up five minutes opposite the ground to play at Wembley, score against Germany. Like this, this is what dreams are made of. And for a very, very small percentage of the country to ruin it, it's just it's not fair. And then heartbreaking. Also seeing the vandalism on the Rashford um painting up in Manchester. It's a beautiful work of art and it's something deserved for what he's done. And one person decides, oh that's let's vandalize it because of him missing a penalty. It's a penalty. Like, all right, we wanted England to win the Euros, but it, it's not the end of the world. It it's a game that we all love, but it is a game at the end of the day. Like our lives not any different. And if say England had won the penalty shootout, for example, our lives wouldn't be any different. We'd get to be bragging a bit more, probably. Like, not changing anything we're doing in life. Like, like it's it's heartbreaking, and your heart goes out to them. Um, I, I think that's right. Our media don't help the situation. Oh no! Um, it, it was it was a few. It was three games in, and Sterling had scored in every one of those games. He had an interview with the media, and they'd asked him. Do you think that you've justified your selection? Now, he had played considerably better than Harry Kane for those three games. That question would never be asked to Harry Kane. And you, no. you can you can look at it in a million different ways, but it's for one reason and one reason only. No, I 100% agree with you there. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's these boys who, especially you're looking at kids, it's not even men, it's their boys, they're 19, 20, 21, up to 24 years old. And to have that amount of abuse on a daily, it's no. not good for anyone. And there's been clear and clear evidence from the government that, that there needs to be something done. There's currently a petition in the UK to get every like Twitter account that you have to have an ID form with it. So you know who's behind the account. I, I personally agree that there should be more done. And it's the taking of the knee or the social media darkness that actually says, look, people won't stand for it no more. And it's a shame because we're in the 21st century. It's 2021 and this is still clear and evident. And it's, it's one thing that makes it easier because of social media, because they wouldn't say it to someone's face. They'd be too scared to say it to someone's face because someone turns around and probably punches them in the face or even if there's police nearby, they're arrested and see you later. Hopefully you go in prison for a nice long time. But it's a case of as well, we need to find these people. And we, we're we behind the aspect of if we see it, we report it. And yeah. there's tools now in place on Twitter that you press report on a tweet and you say what it's for. And then that goes through into Twitter. And if they find it to be of racial abuse or any other abuse, they will then flag it up the met, like with the police or the relevant agency in that area. And I think that's what everyone's got to start doing. If you see think, it, report it. I think the problem is a lot of these people who are are doing these sort of stuff, yes, they're crazy in the head with things like it to be racist. They're not stupid people. They have VPNs on. They they know they've got to hide it. And that's the problem. I think a lot of people just can't be fined. Like, I, I agree, I think people do need to have... It's sad, but we need to be coming to the point where we need to prove our identity on these sort of platforms. It's not a nice thing, but if people do this sort of stuff, what what can you do? Like, it's very sad. And... Mm. I, I work in primary education, um, and I work in a particularly um, EAL school. So EAL stands for English as a, a second language. 
as an, an, an additional language, essentially. Um, and all of my kids are England fans. They're all England fans because they, they live here, they've lived here for years, they've grown up around here, and they, look, they love the country. Uh, they came in after the final and we, we had tears. We had tears because these children feel like they're being misrepresented uh, and, and they're being attacked. And, and I just think the fact that we've got generations of 9, 10, 11-year-old children crying after a football oh, match due to racism, I just, I just don't think he's... We've got, we've got to horrific. stop something. Horrific. It's generally horrific. Yeah. Well, as we say, if you see it, report it. And no matter what environment it is, there is different channels in your areas to be reporting it. So all can be found on online by doing the relevant searches. But moving on from, obviously, the disgusting scenes after the Euros, but we have had some Red Bull action of late and we've had some decent performances of late as well. But obviously, me and Luke touched on further and got Scott coming in now. So what have you made of the recent Red Bulls like, form? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the only game I've, I've missed is the, is the Philly game. Um, yeah. And I, I think... Again, I don't know how you feel, but I don't, I'm not disappointed, particularly. No, I think, I think, I think when you're when you're down to ten men, you should be seeing a match out. The only thing I would say, but if we if we offered at the point before the Philly game, you would have taken it. Did we snap their hands up for it? Um, so it's not a bad point. Um, uh, and I, yeah, yes, I know it was from the spot, but I think uh, another goal for a striker, I think, oh, is yeah. only going to breed confidence with the season. Sort of, yeah, I agree. It, it was it was frustrating to to lose the lead in the last five minutes, but um, I think I think overall, again, you take a point at home against Villa uh, at any point right now. Yeah. Also, we only got also we only got one defeat in the last six. The only defeat we got is a three-two loss against New England. We we won we won on one two one against Atlanta City on nineteenth. Yeah. We won two nil against Nashville on nineteenth of June. And obviously, we lost the twenty fourth of June to New England three two. And we drew. We got our first Atlanta on June twenty seventh. We beat Atlanta back in the old patch on fourth of July Independence Weekend. And then we got a a a draw. Um, Against Philadelphia, I did realize all them times are wrong. I'm looking at the UK ones, so you <laughs> get the picture. You get yeah. the picture. So we haven't lost, we've got one loss in the last six. Um, so that's that's always good. Yeah. That's sort of record. You know, that's always good. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, like, like I mentioned it earlier on, I think you know, the last few games we've had strikers put the ball in the net. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, you know, like Fabio obviously went through a bit of a drought where he was he was assisting, which was fantastic. Oh, he's kicked, he's kicked, he's kicked uh, but now he's starting to really sort of get it, get into it. Kamala's putting the ball in the net, whether it's through a penalty kick or through open play. And I just think that is that's the that's the next thing for us. Having yeah. those two scoring oh. scoring regularly is going to take us from that sort of mid tier to that top tier end because oh, they are both wait. excellent centre forwards. Yeah, I agree. So in other Continental world across the pond. Um, we got the Gold Cup was started up again, and it was the first game for the US men's national team of the day. We got a 1 0 win against um Haiti, and our extra ball player Derek Etienne Jr. was actually in that team. Um, I think they, I think 
I get the feeling, I didn't watch it because it was way too late for me, but I get the feeling that we were maybe a bit lucky to win it. But that's what I've heard and read. That doesn't really matter because if you win, you win. Like some vines, some vines got the goal in the eighth minute. And um, a good, fair, good opening win for the, the US boys. What what do what do we think of uh, just out of interest? What do we think of Derek Etienne? I mean, for me, I'll, I'll put it on the plate. I, I would have him back as an option this season. No. I think he's a tremendous player. No. I think he's really exciting. He's quick uh, and for like a squad filler. Not not would I ha- I wouldn't have him in the starting eleven, but I think he's an absolutely fantastic player at this level. Um, Luke disagrees. I disagree. Um, I don't. I don't. I think he's a decent player. But I, he's not. He's not a super player. Um, he's not. He's not a type of player. He, 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 he's not, like I say, he's not going to come. I know he won the cup last year with Cambridge Crew. I actually scored in the MLS Cup final. Um, <laughs> yep, he did. But his record in MLS don't lie. Like he got sixty games throughout, six goals. 29 for Columbus Crew, one goal. Like, as someone who's my, my point here isn't that I would have him in the starting 11 instead of Kamala or, or Fabio. I just think, and I'm not saying I'd even bring him in tomorrow, I just think he's not a bad option to have in an MLS side. I, I, I rate Eric Etienne. I'm always right. Do you know what I mean? I like Derek Etienne. I interviewed him back in the day for to take the game. He's a lovely, lovely chap. I've got I've got a lot of time for him, but I don't think you've. I think you got. You you got. I mean, Danny Royer is basically playing that role now. So Derek Edson was always played as like the second striker. You got Danny. You got Danny Royer playing for that. You got Tom Barlow playing for that role. Um, it's just not going to happen. Where what you drop Royer? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm, I'm not right. I, I, let's make this really clear. I'm not stating that New York Red Bulls should sign Derek Etienne tomorrow and that he fits into the team in a really perfect manner. I'm saying that Derek Etienne is a good MLS backup centre forward who I would not say no to if he came back to the it's club. Decent, That's it. That's the point. It's a decent, cheap option. I'll put it that way. He's basically a Salzizo as a Ron, striker. Ronnie, Ronnie, can you uh, can you can you mediate, please? Oh, it's it's, it's good to be back. Um, no, yeah, I do agree. I think Etienne's a very good squad player. He'll always give you his full as well. And obviously, with the, how long and tiring the MLS season is, it's good to have an asset like that. And I think Columbus done very well to pick him up for last season, obviously counted in when it mattered. But you do need a bit different sometimes off the bench. And he gave us that different aspect, obviously, before departing, that sometimes you need someone who's just going to run. They don't potentially have to put the ball in the back of the net, but just Are run. You- He's a decent player. I'll give you that. He's a decent young player. So so I'm going to put. I'm going to go as soon as this is finished. I'm going to go onto Skybet and I'm going to look forward for odds of Derek Etienne scoring against New York Red Bulls for Columbus this season. I'm going like I'm stick ten quid on there definitely. <laughs> oh, but no, no, we're we're really pleased that the US have got that win, and and as much yeah. as obviously we are, we are English, we're England fans, oh, being New York fans, we are really, really. Yeah. Sort of passionate about American soccer, football, uh, and, and we really do want the uh, USMNT to go and win. Um, some other news across MLS and, and Rebels related this week yeah. uh, is that um, Chris Armas 
predecessor to Jesse Marsh at New York Red Bulls, um, Supporter Shield winner, has has been sacked from uh, Toronto FC after a really poor start to the season. Um, it took Toronto over a month to, to find their next hire. Uh, I do believe that they looked at other options before Armas, and I think due to the relationship with Ali Curtis yeah. from previously being at New York Red Bulls, they saw him as a safe and comfortable option. Uh, he is a well-respected man around the around the league and around the clubs, uh, but but his start again uh, was somewhat lacklustre, uh, and it's sort yeah. of it's showing now that that he's maybe not ready for one of the top top MLS jobs. Um, I mean, on on a personal note, I, I don't oh, yeah. I, I don't particularly rate Chris Harvest, but I've got nothing against the man. I don't think he's a he's a bad person. He got on really well with the locker room. He got on really well with the guys, uh, and I think the club were quite um, reluctant. To pull the trigger because I think they wanted it to work. Uh, I think Toronto have been a bit more ruthless, but I think a club at Toronto's level who have won as much as they have recently yeah. can't afford to sort of wait around as much as we, we were able to. Uh, Ronnie, what are your thoughts on, on, on Armas and the sacking in Toronto's future this season? No, yeah, I think obviously it's never nice to see someone lose their job, but I think everyone had quite a similar agreement that I think Armas is a very, very good assistant. I think he does the job well with being a number two. And it's a shame to see because there's quite a lot of managers out there who are used to be number twos who just never can work as a manager. It just doesn't fit at the moment. Maybe he suits another style of play or a different like division or something like that. But no, it's never nice to see, especially an old Red Bull um, coach lose their job. But Toronto's in a bit of a funny period at the moment, obviously, because... Everyone knows they've got stacked rosters and the history is always behind them for doing well. But after such a poor start, it's going to take a big job to get like steady. They've got steady the ship to begin with, but then also push forward and gain all the points lost. So they're going to be a team to look out for, definitely, because they've still got talent there and Armas maybe didn't utilise their potential as much as he could. But no, I think... They'll start picking up more results here and there. It's just I think confidence is a massive thing in football. And if they pick up one result against a decent team, who knows where they could do a little run or whatnot? Yeah, Luke, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, like there's no secret. We made me and Scott made our opinions of him as a coach perfectly clear. We, we I don't think he's the best head coach. Um. As a, you can't fault him as a person. As a fault person, he's a very nice guy. He talks brilliantly. You cannot fault him that. Um, I was shocked when Toronto appointed him because it, it didn't seem to add up. Um, um, but when you when you get to a club like Toronto, you start. You got a record of. Um, that's not right. Start with records of um, two, ten, and three. You're not, you're not going to last long at Toronto. It's just a sad reality. Like, and the thing the second from bottom of a league got the most expensive, one of the most expensive voices in the league. Like, it's just, it's just not going to work. Um, but. Personally, I'm also very glad Jesse March got rid of Ali Curtis before he left for Europe. Europe. Just imagine what could have happened if Ali Curtis and Chris Harris was in charge at Red Bull New York. 
the fort is staggering. Yeah. yeah. I, I think one thing as well that obviously is not played into Toronto, even Montreal's hands, obviously the Canadian guidelines at the moment and forcing yeah, them to yeah. play outside of Canada, which is tricky because imagine if Red Bulls were told they had to play in Vancouver or something, it would be a whole different story. So obviously a part of it can be obviously they're playing at a different ground and they're yeah. playing a, a long way from home. It's not like they're playing around the corner. They're literally no. playing A, in a different country and B, in a completely different weather and t- like weather. So they were partly unlucky. I think that's maybe slightly to blame, but yeah. But Montreal as well. If you're not your home is your home advantage in the MLS is bigger than anything else near enough, and to have yeah. not have that, it can go a long way to an unsuccessful season. Yeah, definitely. No, I think we we need to look as well as some of the decisions he's made. Uh, Quentin Westberg, as a goalkeeper, has got the number one shirt under uh, Greg Vanny toward the end of his tenure. And, and last season especially looked particularly good between the sticks. Uh, he, he immediately decided that Quest, uh, Quentin Westberg wasn't his number one and Alex Bono came in. Bono is a great goalkeeper. They have two number ones at that club. But to, to, when you look at the form that Westberg was in, uh, I just don't really understand that that switch. Then you've got right. to look at the likes of um, Jersey Altidore, obviously former former Apple man. Um, he, he was frozen out. There was a disagreement there. There was a fallout. There was a bit of an issue, uh, and, and off, off, off he went uh, to train with the 18s. And I think, to be honest, due to obviously MLS rules, due to um, the, the, the price of Josie's wage and, and and place in this league, I don't think they'd be able to sell him. No, uh, and I don't think they'd be able to sort of move him on anywhere. So I think it really did come down to the fact whether it was Josie or um, Chris and and. I think financially and uh, in terms of quality of player, I think Josie's always going to win that that yeah. match. I think the seven nil didn't help either. We did it. Seven well, nil no, didn't help very well. Did it didn't help his case? But also another big another big talking point is obviously he signed Tom Dwyer um, yeah. from Orlando, who maybe ten years ago, not probably eight years ago, was a great eminent striker. All of his goals, but l- he's, lately, I wouldn't even go. I'd say probably four no. years ago, four or five yeah, years ago. Four five years ago, like in, in 2016, he got 16 goals. He's not got. He's got. He's got 24 since 2017. He um, uh, he's, he's got not consistent when when he first played at SKC. He'd gone out on loan to um Orlando, and they were uh, a USL team. Yeah. Uh, he absolutely, he, he smashed, he smashed it. Yeah, he was a, he was a fantastic player for that USL side. He went and then managed to go back into the SKC team. And under uh, Peter Vermees, he, he looked he looked like a, a sort of god god tier striker. He was amazing at SKC. Yeah. Um, Orlando came onto the scene and they were looking to make some moves. They brought obviously Kaka and then and eventually Dom Toy came across and he was a big, big name signing for Orlando. Didn't, and it just, didn't, it just didn't work. I, no. It just didn't work. I don't um, know whether it was a nation issue or, or what, but it just didn't, what, it didn't work. What is quite ironic about that is, obviously, it's safe to say, Chris Armitz and Dennis Hamlet, their, their best thing in their time in charge wasn't transfers. They had quite a few flops during their time. Mm-hmm. And there's always a bit of a running joke about how Chris Armitz wanted to get Dom in. And it actually turned out he did want to get him in. He said when he signed him, 
I want to get him in back at Red Bull New York. There's quite a bit of irony there that he wanted to. It was a joke about how he he'll be coming next. And all this time, he did want to get him in at Red Bulls. Yeah, no, I know. I, I think this is the thing, though. I think with Dom, and, and I think hopefully I'll get some success at Toronto now. But I just think Chris's whole like, idea of formation, like, Toronto are a passing team. If you've got a team where you've got Pozuelo, Bradley through the middle, you are going to play the ball on the floor. You are going to build play. You are going to play a bit more patiently. Uh, and and Armas came in and says, right, we're going to go and play the red ball press. And and it's just, you, you're essentially starting from the back and you're ignoring these players like Bradley and Pozuelo. Pozuelo spent half the season on the bench. I know he was injured at the start, but he was one of my first picks for MLS Fantasy Draft because I love um, Pozuelo. I think he's a fantastic number 10. Think- but it, it, it just, he didn't fit this. He was trying to fit um, square pegs into round holes. It just, just wasn't wasn't a right fit for, for anybody. No, you think also what you've got to think about is... It's not, is it not? No, it's no fault of Chris's own. It kind of is, but he 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 basically ruined his ties with Red Bull Red Bull Group. Red Bull Group take good care of it, guys. You think of Jesse Mark, Jerry Stuba. They take very good care of it, guys. If you're, when you're in, you're in. You don't you don't lose it. Chris Harris had a perfect opportunity. He came. That team was set up perfectly by Jesse March. All he had to do keep it together and manage it. And he was set up perfectly. That team could have dominated MLS for a few seasons, I think. How perfect that... I know you lost Tyler Adams after 18. But still a very good, very good squad. That, that's yeah. it. He managed to keep it together for, for the rest of the 18 season because he changed nothing. He, he, he played exactly the way that Jesse was playing. And he just picked up where Jesse left off, and on that on that merit, you know, he he helped us win that shield, yeah. and, and all credit to him. But then I think it was that, and, and I understand it as a manager when when you say, right, this is my team now. He yeah. tried to change that, that that press, and he tried to be a bit more patient with the press, and it just didn't just didn't work. No. It just didn't happen. No, it didn't. No. Um, Luke, do you want to go yeah. up next? Yeah, but, uh, we'll have a quick break now. Have a quick, we'll have a quick five second break. See you in a few seconds. Welcome back after that thought little break. I hope you like our new fellow video. Make sure you watch the credits for the end of the story of the Englishman in New York. Right. So now it's time to go back. We had our last game was getting fully dealt for Union. It was one more. We've touched on it briefly. If we want go we want to go on it too much. We've already touched on it. But one one draw, Patrick Kamala scoring the PK. With a, unfortunately, unfortunately, they got the equalizer in the 85th minute. Why don't you watch this one? It was, delay, it was delayed for half an hour due to storms in thunderstorm warnings in New York, and the flooding in New York was so bad. The video of that subway shocked us. 
So I'm glad it's all sorted now. I, I hope we're all safe and healthy now. But what do you think? What do you, what do you make of that match, Ronnie? Yeah, it was one of them games that obviously there was quite a few chances in there, but it was a very dirty game, so to speak. There was quite a lot of fouls and little break-up tackles. And it weren't, we was getting drawn into their philosophy of playing. Sometimes some players drew you, but on a couple of occasions went a bit hard into a tackle, even though it was nothing out of the ordinary. It was just very stop-start. And it's not really momentum that we like to have, especially at Red Bull Arena. We like to play the ball quick and just keep the ball moving. And Klimala had a chance in the first half after a Fabio through ball, which was saved by the keeper. Maybe could have done better. But obviously, when we got the penalty, red card to the keeper, I thought, oh, right, score this, 1-0, hopefully get another one and then seize the game off. But it kind of never really got going the game. It was never a game that we was dominating. We might have had possession, but it was never that many chances, which was quite sad to see. And then, obviously, go 1-0 up, Kamala penalty, which was a nice finish. But then, get pegged back right at the end was annoying. And so I personally see it as two points dropped on the actual day of the game, but before the game, we would have probably taken the point. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, just to go over the lineup. obviously it was uh, Coronel and goal. It was Duncan and Tolkien at, at wing-back. Nealis and Edwards at centre-half. Uh, Caceres, Carmona, Davis and Yearwood as the midfield four. And then obviously Fabio and Clamala up top. Uh, which I'll be honest, you look at that time uh, side. I'm, I'm, I was really happy with that going into the game, especially going up against uh, Dal DK, sort of coming back into the the Orlando fold. I thought that back four looks looks uh, sorry, wrong game. Uh, <laughs> it looked, especially with that uh, Philadelphia side, I, I did. I was I was genuinely quite pleased with that. No, yeah. uh, I think Tolkien um, is gone under the radar a bit in the MLS this year because you're looking at obviously 18 to 21 age group, especially of American players. And obviously the main guy where everyone talks about is Caden Clark, but Tolkien's got to be right up in the conversation. So every time he plays, he impresses me even more. And at the age of 18, he's only going up from here and with more experience and more playing time, he's only going to get better. And I think he's going to be definitely a men's international player in the future, but it could be on the European radar soon as well. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all if he was the next one along. No, I don't think that'd be too long. Hopefully, we keep him for a little while yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, please. Not, not blonde yet, Ronnie. No, oh, you, you, you actually said when we did that review this time last week, you, I could be called Ronnie Tolkien. Yeah, you could. I'm, what's I can't see. It's quite. No, I can't. I don't think I'm breaking up. I don't For think um, anyone who's on podcast, I am not blonde yet. Not blonde yet, no. It will be happening. Don't worry. We will make it happen. They're I, saying would, get, make it I happen. would get on the train and come to your house and die if I had to, Ronnie. Well, let's put it out there. I'm, I will be putting a social media post up tomorrow, which would be the 15th. This would be Saturday. Oh, and there will yeah, yeah. be a certain goal attached to it. And when it reaches the goal, the hair will change, guaranteed. Okay, good. And there's an added incentive that if Mr. Tolkien does respond again, I'll take the number down a bit. Because I do like Mr. Tolkien, very personal. Yeah, I covered so. that. So, um, no, yeah, it there will be a goal set on Saturday. So... Probably by the next time 
I'm on some sort of content or you see a picture, it could be Ronnie Tolkien. Hopefully. That's a bit, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Ronnie Tolkien. <laughs> yes, it would. I love a bit of that. We we'll love a bit of Ronnie Tolkien. Um, um, I'll never live that one down. No, you're not. <laughs> we'll make sure it happens, Ronnie. Don't worry. Okay. But, no, but no, like looking at the rest of the team, I've been very impressed with Caceres, especially like prior and after. Obviously, the Cop America, we went to and played well there as well. But he's another one that's really maturing and it's becoming a powerhouse in the team that of last year slash the year before, it was a bit. All right, yeah, he's a good team player. He was playing a bit deeper, but now this free roam, bit more attacking positioning he's got. I think he's coming into his own and playing really well. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's really coming into his own. Um, so many players who are, are pressing that now, isn't there? Oh, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good start, isn't it? Really, in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah growth. Been a been a great start. Let's be honest. I think that's got to come down to saying well done on recruitment, especially because yeah, there's definitely. there was a few people, not even not even just this year, but over the past few years, there was a, sometimes a few people question like certain acquisitions. But looking at it, there's quite a few players who are actually very like maturing. But I think also another young player that I've really liked to be with, Wilkman Carmona. I think he's a very good talent for the future and. At the 18 as well, another young kid who's playing like regular football who looks like he's got, he's definitely very silky on the ball and can get the ball from A to B very well. And I think every time he plays, he's looking better as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think on top of that, I think you've got to really praise players like uh, Sean Nealis, Christian Caceres, um, Sean Davis that, that have been around the club for a bit longer. Uh, and that have, that have really sort of stepped it up a level this season to a point where I think they're they're playing at a much higher standard than they, than they've been. I know Davis is a bit of a water carrier. I know he doesn't exactly look like he's doing anything special, but his role throughout that, that team has been fantastic. Casares, I felt we missed him while he was away, um, and his goals, especially for the, you know the first few games, were, were superb. So I'm really pleased with how how the team sort of gelling together, both old and new. No, you have to say the team going very well together. I think with a bit more, a bit more, maybe a bit more experience in the summer window, maybe next year. We were t- me and Ed were talking about in uh, the ball review. This team could be a real contender in a cup in a year or two. Five minutes. That like, if they could keep the team together, and I get another couple. I think I think the team may be lacking a bit of experience. This yeah. is a very young squad. Needs a baby. Aaron losing Aaron Long hasn't helped that. Let's be frank. But um, I given that give it give him another year. So get hope get Aaron Long back. Um, for me, there's no reason why this team can't start competing again. No, I agree. Uh, moving on, uh, Red Bull celebrate LGBTQ plus Pride Month, which culminates uh, on on the weekend at Red Bull Arena uh, Pride Night. Um, Ronnie, do you want to go into that? I know, yeah, definitely. So, obviously, lovely another weekend fixture, which is nice for us, so we don't have to have any late nights on the week. But obviously, still at RBA, still at uh, Old Fortress, and it's a midnight kickoff for us, so seven o'clock Eastern time. But 
good news for all our viewers in Britain is that it's been selected once again for Sky Sports and it's on Sky Sports Mix, which is brilliant because the last fixture for Philly was actually on Premier Sports, which is a subscription-based service that ended up. I haven't subscribed yet, but I might do in the future if we have a few more games. But it's just lovely being on every game. Often, yeah. I remember at some points in last season where we could go seven, eight fixtures and we was never live at all. And it was you like thinking, oh, where am I going to find this? Where am I going to watch that? But it's promising. I think obviously into Miami because of Beckham and all that. That game's most likely always going to be on a Sky Sports. But yeah, I'm not complaining. It's at Red Bull Arena. We're at home. We're live on Sky, and it's a midnight kickoff. So it's a late one, but not an actual really late one in comparison to what it could be. I think no. the last one obviously kicked off at, what, one thirty-two to be precise, which was a bit later on. But, no, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I think Inter-Miami are one of them teams that have not performed as they should have in terms of how good they are last like last season. Obviously, they've had quite a lot of off-the-field troubles this year, especially with finances and players' wages, which we could talk about for hours on end. But, I'm quite looking forward to the fixture. Every game at RBA is a pleasure to watch. And I think we've got... I'm gaining confident for a change. And I think we should be aiming for the three points. No, absolutely. Definitely, Um, yeah. And on on top of that, I think with it being Pride Pride Night and and, and all that happening, it's another opportunity for for us as a club and a community to show how how we do stand with with everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. You know your, your your race, your gender, your sexual identity. You know we're all we're all humans, um, and especially at Red Bull, we're all Red Bull fans. Do you know what I mean? We're all we're all we all yeah. love this sport, and it, it, I I I think the states do these sort of nights oh, with better than we could ever imagine over in the UK. You know, like I think the hurricane wearing the armband was fantastic uh, a couple couple of weeks ago against Germany but I think other than that we tend to just wear some laces uh, which I don't think is, is anywhere near as, as big as no. it needs to be um, so I, I'm, I'm really sort of excited to see what's going to go on and go down at, uh, at RBA uh, unfortunately though I'm not going to be there and neither is Luke and neither is Ronnie so that means there is a seat for it Luke yeah so time for another video That's right. You can attend Pride Night. We have a special going. You can win it. It's very simple. At the time of recording, not at the time of release, will be a tweet account. Or you can see on the screen right now, I've been on YUK. All you have to do is retweet that tweet by winning a ticket and follow us back. We will pick a winner. Um, Sat this match is Sunday evening for us, isn't it? Saturday is it Saturday evening and into Sunday? Saturday evening in the States, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll pick a winner early Saturday morning. So you you will know Saturday morning if you're going or not. So go there, support the boys. The only rule is you have to go. Like three winners to get you have to go. Anything else that we we, we transfer a ticket to you, and it's yours. So it's very take simple. a photo. Tag us yeah. the photo. Tag us the photo. Get, get excited. Get a bit excited. It makes us feel like we're there. 
we're not really there because <laughs> damn the border's not been open. Yeah. Agreed. Um, no, but moving back on to Pride Night itself, um, we are playing into Miami, uh, David Beckham super team, um, Phil Neville's boys. I wonder, how, I wonder why he got that job. Do you reckon he was best into her? Or? I, think, I think he might. I don't know how. He might know David Beckham. Yeah, I think he might know <laughs> him. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe, yeah. No, obviously, Phil Neville, former manager of the England Lionesses, uh, taking them quite far in, in, in international tournaments, but not actually winning anything. Now, finally being given a chance in uh, men's in the men's game uh, by his, his busy mate, Dave, uh, as, we, as we like to call him over here. Um, Inter Miami have had a slow start to the campaign. Um, we're looking at their record at the minute. They've only taken one point at home. Their away form, with it being at Red Bull Arena, is in, is is better. They've taken seven points away from home. Uh, Gonzalo oh, no. Higuain is their top goal scorer on five goals in nine games. Then the, the, the next four top goal scorers have only scored one goal. Uh, mentioning players like Lewis Morgan and Breck Shea. Um, they've scored five goals away from home. They're currently 13th in the East. Uh, and their record currently stands at two wins, two draws and seven defeats. The last time we played uh, into Miami at Red Bull Arena, we lost 2-1, unfortunately, to former DP, now Fort Lauderdale player, uh, Manuel Pellegrini, no, not Manuel Pellegrini, Pellegrini, I don't know what his first name is, I don't, know, I don't really care, uh, Pellegrini, and, um, and, and another goal from uh, from the cigarette-smoking Gonzalo Higuain. Um, how are we feeling, Ronnie, about the game? How are we feeling about our chances? Yeah, I think obviously if you're looking into into Miami this season and like our form of late, I think you're going into it quite optimistic. And I think Mr. Luke is probably the most optimistic person you ever meet in the Red Bull world, and that's really saying something. And I'm normally more of a realist, but I'm, no, I'm quite confident this weekend that we're playing well. We've got a good team. Obviously, some injuries still, but in Miami, one of them teams that you don't know who's going to turn up. So. Gonzalo Higuain is had he was one of the best strikers in the world at one point, and his technique is still there if he wants to perform. But no, I think I think I'm quite confident that Clamala and Fabio are gelling so well now that they always will find one of each other for at least one or two chances. So yeah, I think I think we should be doing all right, and I think we should be getting into that game looking at the three points rather than just like protecting the like protecting the point. Luke, how many TPs have they got now? I mean, now we've got three. I think. 17. Who knows? Who knows? 12, I, I've heard Messi will be signing them after his contract expires. So January it's added that player. What I've heard, like... Well, I've heard all other, former Stoke striker, because they like to sign players from Stoke, Ricardo Fuller is going to come out of retirement and play up front for them as a DP as well. Oh, no, yeah. he'll be on reserve contracts. No, I, I actually did hear that once you buy a season ticket in Miami, in your membership pack, you actually get a DP contract. That's really? what I heard. Yeah. I'll give them out to basically anyone. Like, um, do, you know what I might, do you know what I find more hilarious about that, though? For five DPs, I think it's 10th. That's the most hilarious thing about it. Like, if you're going to cheat, at least be good. Yeah. If you cheat and be... Crap! Think about it. They've got. I know they've got in the playoffs, but only got in the playoffs because they 
it's standard of playoffs due to COVID. Like if I hadn't got if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have made the playoffs and I have five DUPs. Hmm. They they've got they've got a player have into Miami that I absolutely hate. I hate him because he's good. I hate him because he's one of those players that you just think, you know what, I wish wish he was on my team. Um, and that's uh, Gonzalez Perez, LGP. Uh, him at, in, at uh, Atlanta during their title winning season was an absolute wall. Um, he, he's a tremendous on-the-ball centre-half and somebody that our strikers are really going to have to work hard to get past. Uh, obviously, his partner, I'd imagine, is going to be, again, super stokey, uh, Ryan Shawcross. I'm, I'm a bit less concerned about Ryan Shawcross and our ability <laughs> to get past him because he's a... Uh, his start to his MLS campaign, I don't think he's been particularly fruitful. Uh, is anybody it? sorry? Who would have thought it? Like I don't know. Um, I don't. Like 30, 37 year old. Who would have thought he would be past it? Like do you reckon into that Miami, roll, into Miami rolling back the uh Grandad League glory days? Do you reckon? Do you reckon that's why Sky loves into Miami so much? Because of Ryan Shawcross. It's what I mean, it is. Who else could it be? It's not Higuain. No, oh, it's not. Not there Jake is a, but there is a former Arsenal player who's now out in Inter Miami, Kieran Gibbs. That is also another English. Thing is, he on a DP, is he on a DP contract? Probably who, why not? Who why isn't not? on a DP who contract? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I've got something really big and important to reveal. I am the new DP at Inter Miami. I'm going to to, to be playing on, on the weekend. Depart that. Depart. Yeah. But no, I think. Also, like we're talking about their centre halves and a link between the two clubs. Obviously, Andres Reyes was on loan at them last year, so which will play in our favour. And obviously, yeah. we're not quite sure if he will be playing this weekend or not. But how impressed I've been with Reyes. Obviously, he's still young. Obviously, younger than he's actually born in '99, which is scary to think of still. But um, yep. what a player! I really like Reyes, and I think he's got a big future in front of him <laughs> if he can just. He's got mature still because he's still young, but he's got signs and he's got that element of his game that he could be very successful. Uh, looking looking at the Inter Miami squad, I mean, I know the obvious choice, but is there anybody else who you were looking at and thinking, I'm a little bit concerned about what they can do to our team? Luke? Um, I actually always like Pellegrini. I always rate to Pellegrini. I know he's not there anymore, but he's plays for fault. Basically, well, the third team never actually plays with them. Um, he can't come back out for 20... 20- this season or something, he's he basically stuck in limbo. Basically stuck yeah. in limbo. Um, I always liked him, and I, I think I just I feel sorry for him. I feel so sorry for him, like being stuck at a USL team. He should no, he should he should be playing for he should be playing for a first team in MLS. He's so good. Um, so obviously, what obvious ones are Higuain, blah blah blah. But they've got. Not a bad squad. Blah blah blah. Is he the new? Is he oh, the new DP? Probably, probably. <laughs> don't, 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 let, don't let him don't hear that. He'll probably, he'll probably find something called blah blah blah. Ronnie, anybody that you're you're concerned about on their side? Yeah, I think more. Obviously, they've got quite a high level of experience, especially in their thousand DPs. But Blaise Matuidi is always one of them players that I think he played very well against us last year. Matuidi, that he can carry the ball. He's a strong powerhouse. Obviously. He's had experience at PSG and Juventus, so obviously maybe his legs ain't what they was, but I think a player of that quality can always just turn up, and I think we've got to be wary of him, especially 
carrying the ball through the midfield. And I think it'd be quite an interesting battle in there with Matuidi. Even though it's not the highest of levels of what it was for like the MLS, it's going to be a good challenge for the likes of Sean Davis. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, former Celt uh, and Sunderland man, Lewis Morgan as well. Um, he's a player that I don't necessarily think has filled his potential just yet. But when, when Celtic brought him in from St Mirren a fair few years ago, and then he got that move to Jack Ross's Sunderland side on loan, I really thought very highly of him. Uh, I think if Jack Ross doesn't get sacked and, and Sunderland get promoted, he's playing in the Championship and, and, and looking to order a Premier League move. Uh, I think he's a very good player. He he's he he concerns me coming in from the wide, wide areas. Um, he scored some good goals last season. So, no, uh, I think that's really looking at Higuain, Matuidi, Gonzalez Perez and uh, and Morgan. They're, they're for me the players that I'm, I'm most sort of concerned about in, in every area of the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sort of very happy because it's actually it's now it's never signing. So Scott Fraser from MK Dons is coming to us. So see him Trump sitting that season. Who who town? Ips who's Ipswich? Can, can, oh, can, are we doing this? Can we be excited? Because I'm I'm gonna like trump that entirely. Um obviously being a Wolves fan. This week we've gone and signed Trinco from Barcelona. So, you know, we've signed him on loan. But with an option to buy because they have to sell players. They can sell players. He's been sticking about. He, he's took a fifty percent pay cut though. Took a fifty percent pay cut. We we we. Well, I don't know. I don't care. Messi we'll, has. We'll, Messi has. Yeah, probably. Mister. Twenty-year-old Portuguese winger on on, yeah. on loan. So uh, unfortunately for Wolves, we have just let go of uh, of, of our of our number one goalkeeper, yeah, Rui Patricio, who goes and joins. Um, Jose Mourinho over in, in Rome. Um, we are we are going to replace him with Jose Sarr, another another Portuguese shot stopper. So it's all good at Wolves. How's Arsenal these days, Ronnie? How's Arsenal? Yeah, yeah I lose last night. It is, yeah, we're doing brilliant so far. First preseason friendly, we lost to Hibernian. Uh, that was fun. Fun um, or fun, and I think the biggest news out of Arsenal is. Everyone around the world will be able to watch them on the new All or Nothing program, or as I've renamed it, Nothing or Nothing, the Arsenal edition. Um, but no, yeah, it's one of them, obviously, with the Euros and everything. It's some signings we've had to delay a bit just because obviously it's still been action. But I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to get back in football grounds, to be honest. And uh, I think first game's coming up in a couple of weeks at Arsenal is Arsenal Chelsea in a, a friendly. Okay, yeah, I'll leave that one like that. But I think more and more, more and everything that we're going back to football ground. So hopefully we can cross cross the Atlantic to another. I um, think so. Yeah, it should be soon. But be no, soon. I, think, I think Arsenal is one of them at the moment. We're in a rebuilding process. It's not a rush or anything. They're, we've been obviously we signed a couple of younger players. We're interested in Ben White, who represented England, and uh, I think we've just been into others. But we've got good young players. We're we've got yeah. Mikhail Saka, obviously, Emil Smith Rowe, to name a couple, and then. Also, American Florian Balogun, who's been promoted to the first team this season, which will be an interesting watch for both sides of the pond. Yeah, definitely. No, um, I think that's all we've got time for. Yeah, it's about, it's about it today. Yeah. I will really one thing, though. I do want to start asking, I've said we're going to start asking a question at the end of every podcast uh, that hopefully you can interact with. So the question this week is, if you have a team elsewhere in the world, maybe England, maybe Germany, maybe Spain, who 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 are your other teams? Obviously, we are we're we're from England. 
and we support our English teams, Ipswich Wolves and, and Arsenal. And I knew that Red Bulls were our team, our other team over in the States. Who are your team from, from Europe? Uh, let us know. Comment on Twitter. Send us a message on Facebook, on Instagram. Just anything. Just get involved. Um, and we'd really like to hear, hear what you think. Yeah, definitely. Right. So that's about it for everything today. I'll take him one year out. Bye, Ronnie. Bye, Ronnie. So that's about it for everything today. So from me, I'm from Scott. That's me. That's him. Good night. And right. It's really good to be back. I'm really excited. I can't wait. More content coming soon. Keep Absolutely. an eye on Keep an eye on our website, rbnyuk.com, for daily content. Our YouTube, we have pre-match, post-match, of course, our podcasts as well. So keep an eye on our YouTube. It's time for the credits. <laughs>